Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Okay, well, I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for joining me here today, Monique, and I'm so excited to be speaking with you about your journey as an entrepreneur and your business. And like I said, I've seen you at a few events to speak, so I'm so excited to you know hear more about your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, how about we start off with having you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Absolutely. So hi, everyone. I'm Monique Bryan, and I am a personal brand strategist and coach. And I help other coaches, consultants, and seasoned professionals uh, get recognized as business leaders uh, and own their online presence. Because what I'm finding today is like, it's so crowded here online, and we all do, there's space for everybody. um, But what's going to have someone choose you over somebody else? Nine times out of ten is what it what they end up finding when they Google you, what they end up finding when they go to your Instagram. It's like our reputation, guys, is on the line. Um, so that's a little bit about what I do. Yes, I, I definitely agree that that's so true. And I think especially right now, it's such an important aspect of everyone's lives. And you know, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you first got into this and into you know the personal branding space? Absolutely. So I've, I call myself a serial entrepreneur. Uh, this is my third business. And like, I began my journey in, in fashion. Like I'm, uh, I have a BA in fashion design. I went on to build a, um, a jewelry company. You know, I was selling internationally for six years. So I like the creative space, that piece of me is always in me. And I think that's what makes me so critical of other people's online presence because I'm always like looking for like what's wrong with it. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I did start in, uh, in corporate and I was, you know, a well-paid six-figure earner um, for a national retailer. And that taught me a lot about business. It taught me a lot about people. It taught me a lot about your reputation in the marketplace. And as I was going through starting these different businesses, I left my corporate job because I just really felt like, you know, some of us leave because we're like, I can do this as good as my boss or better. Um, and I really just got tired of office politics and people telling you when you have to be here or be there or when you can take your lunch and just, it just didn't see. And it's so funny because we look at how we are today and there's so many people working from home and we're like, this is how it always was supposed to be because people are 10 times more productive. It's proven that they're more productive when they're not in an office environment. And I'm all about, you know, like go to the office and camaraderie and connection, but there's times where you really need to get shit done. It's like, Okay, give me some space to do that, and it's very difficult to do that in a in a corp, in a working space. Like that's just my own five cents. Um, but as I was out here trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, 
I was diagnosed with breast cancer four years ago. I was looking it up yesterday. I got this, you know, when you, when Facebook sends you one of those reminders, those memories, and you're like, it was five years, four years ago. And I was like, I've been saying it's three years ago for the last how many years? (laughs) So I'm like, that's so interesting. So I was going along and then I was diagnosed with cancer and it really like shook me to my core in the sense that not just, yes, cancer, of course, yes, it's scary and all of the things, but more like, oh my God, I don't have all the time in the world to do all the things I want to be doing. Like, oh my God, what are you talking about? I have so much more to do, so much more to give, right? So that really like pushed me into, like it almost like gave me like a very quick jolt of, okay, Monique, what do you want to be doing? You don't have all the time in the world. Get it done right now. And I always knew I wanted to be coaching women in their business. Like I was doing that throughout my career anyways. Um, But I was really afraid to take that leap and call myself a coach. And I was like, well, you know, and I know a lot of people can relate to just feeling like that imposter syndrome. Like who am I to help these people with this thing? Because what is it that I know? And what is it have I earned or gained or whatever? You know, like I was like, I did make a million dollars for my last two companies. So who am I? to share these things. But I realized the more coaches I got, the more training I did, that I was I had so much knowledge that other people didn't have yet. And I wish I had when I started that I was like, oh, I am so ready to be the one to help you through the roadblocks that I didn't know how to navigate when I was them. And so I started as a business coach. And as I was doing that, I had a friend, um, I was starting to, I, you know, as as entrepreneurs, we're always launching something new because uh, we love that new shiny, you know, object syndrome. And she said to me, I was telling her about the new thing I was going to launch. I don't even remember what it is now. And she was like, Monique, can I tell you something? You know, and they're like, can I be honest with you? And you're like, um, okay. And she was like, can you just own the personal branding space and like cut it out already? And I was like, oh, what do you mean? She was like, Everybody knows that's what you talk about all the time. That's what you talk about. That's what you do. But you don't seem to understand that. Like you're just doing all of these different things. And I was like, I didn't even know that that was a natural gift that I have where I'm just looking. I'm like, my eye is just so um, trained towards looking at what types of things are you doing that are evoking emotion or turning people off? What kind of things are you writing? What is your content about? What are you wearing? What are you doing? What are you saying? Like all of those pieces are things that come natural to me. And I love um, probably because I used to work in like photo shoots, photography and having to pitch, you know, different brands and myself um, to, to buyers and sellers and things like that. So I was like, when she said that to me, I just love that. I felt like it gave me permission to just go into that space. And at the time I didn't even know personal branding as a term. Like I was just like, oh, I hear about it, but I didn't really get it. And I was like, oh, everybody wants to know about the person behind the company. I was like, especially today, like nobody gives, nobody cares what your company is unless they know about who's behind it. Right. They're just like, Mm -hmm. why am I aligning my buying decisions behind this person? I don't even know. Or I don't, I don't like my values don't align with your values. So when I discovered that, that's how I, that's my long winded explanation for how this actually came to be. Yes. Well, and I, you know, I think that it's, it's definitely, like I said, it's so prevalent in today's world. And I think that's why people are getting more behind the scenes and everything, because people want to see that face behind the brand. And like you said too, it's also important because you can build, you can spend years building it up and it can take one thing to build that, like take that right down. One thing, (laughs) one thing. And we keep, and we're seeing it more and more and it's sad, but it's also 
I also say, you know, like knowledge is power. Us knowing it makes us be even more um, careful with what we put out here online, making our our online presence more curated, not inauthentic, but curated. Like there are things about your life you don't need to share, right? There are things mm-hmm. you can still keep private, but people are like so sensitive now to not wanting to align their reputation with someone's poor reputation. So I totally agree. It only takes one bad, foul thing that you say or do that can just turn your business upside down. And you can come back from it, depending on what it is. Um, But definitely knowing that is going to make you more intentional with what you put out here. A hundred percent. I definitely agree. And, you know, I definitely want to dive into more of that, but just going back to the beginning of your story too, you know, making that transition from the corporate world to being a business owner is, is big. And I think there's a lot of people right now, especially that might be in sort of that, you know, tough spot. And so do you have any sort of advice or, you know, something that really helped you get through that transition? Because, you know, it is sort of, like you said, taking that leap can be scary, but um, sort of having that reassurance and knowing that you have that knowledge definitely helps, but do you have any sort of advice on that there oh my gosh yes I would say like there are I would have left later in the if I if I when I look back now so I had so one you need to have some savings you need to have have a safety net financially because I find as a entrepreneur you make really weird business decisions when you are worried about your finances. It's like you're not making sound decisions. You're making desperate decisions. You're making, you know, um so even though I had savings, I would have doubled what I had. Like I think I only had like 20 or 30,000, you know, in the bank and that wasn't nearly enough. You know, and I think it also has to do with what type of business. So I was building a product based business, which re- requires supplies and inventory. So I needed more money, whereas somebody would have built a service-based business. You don't need all of that at all, right? So knowing the type of business you're about to go in, I would also start your business as a side hustle um, and make money from it, like actually test the marketplace. No people want it because I you know, had this idea of, because I had I was afforded, you know, the opportunity to travel overseas a lot as part of my job. I met all of these vendors in India and China and I was like seeing all of this beautiful like all of these supplies and fabrics and things and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have like the inside track to now going to build a luxury costume jewelry company," right? Um however, I was doing all of that on somebody else's dime at the time, right? Not realizing, okay, well, Monique, if you have to do this, you have to, you don't have a logistics team behind you. Who's going to put you on a plane to India? Like yourself, you're going to be paying for that. You know, like what are you going to do if what they ship to you is not what you want? Are you who are you going to blame? Are you going to India to sue anybody? Probably not, right? Like so, really thinking about those things and looking at like, okay, I want to do this thing. Do I have, is there a market for it? Testing it, getting someone to pay you, not someone to tell you they love the idea. I had so many people being like, oh my God, this idea is so amazing. But who's going to, unless they're going to pay you for it, that is, that's the turning point. That's where you know you actually have a business. So my advice would be like, if you could replace part of 50% or more of your current income with that side hustle before you leave, that's what I would advise you to do. The other thing that, because here's the thing when you're building a business, 
it, you, you start to get into this, well, Monique, I don't have time to build my business and go to work, like energy-wise, time-wise. So I would actually look to, well, being able to work from home is a big plus, but I would look to maybe even work part-time, like request to be a consultant with that company, request to work part-time, request to have one day off, take the pay cut, whatever it is, so you have space to go and build what's next. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's such a great piece of advice too, especially, you know, then you don't have that worry about the in- the income, you know, you still have that sort of safety net there. And so you, especially as a startup, you can really just focus on building it and not having to worry so much about the numbers um, right in the beginning. And um, I'd love to hear about too, you know, once you did sort of get into the personal branding space, how you got into sort of, you know, doing speaking series and events like that. So what was so funny is when I like when I came out with my business, I all I wanted to do was speak. All I wanted to do was share my message. I was just like this burning thing in me. I was like, oh my gosh, like everybody needs to know about this, right? Like everybody needs to know about building your life and know about like, you know, you don't have all the time in the world and oh my God, don't let cancer be the thing to push you into your dream. And then when you come out here, it's like, don't look a hot mess express because no one's going to be paying any attention to you. I was like, so I was one of those people, and I don't know how many people are listening who can relate to this, but I was one of those people who were seriously like stalking my mentors, my rivals online and being like, what do they have that I don't have? Why are they getting these opportunities I'm not getting? I'd look at the events they were going to, the ones they were speaking at, and I would put like my name forward. I would contact the event organizers and I'd be like, I want to speak. I'm really good. I want to do the thing. And some of them would be like, I have no idea who you are okay, sure. Maybe next time. Have you ever come to one of our events before? And I was like, well, no. And they're like, okay, maybe you want to do that first. You know, so I had this real, I don't want to know if if it's a sense of entitlement that may be a little bit of it, but I was also just so hungry to make it happen. So the way I started speaking was like, well, first I always, I would speak for free. So one of the pitfalls I see of people who want to do speaking today is like, well, I want you to pay me to speak, but you haven't proven you're a speaker you haven't proven that an audience would listen to you, that you're bringing value. Um, Because being a speaker is not about you. It is about that audience. And that's something you learn, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You learn how to read what you're saying. Based on what you're saying, how are people reacting? You know, you go back and you watch what you did and you're like, oh, I could have done this differently or said this differently. Um, So I started by really reaching out to event organizers and being like, hey, I really love what you're doing. I missed your event because a lot of the times I did miss it by that time. And I, and I would ask, when's your next one? I'd love to attend. Or I would say, if you're looking for speakers around A, B, and C, I'd be more than happy to come and share my experience. Um, the other thing I would do is I did a lot of Instagram lives because if people are hiring you as a speaker, they have to see you speak. You know, people Mm -hmm. don't, people want to do speaking, but that they don't want to show any video of them speaking. And especially right now where we can't gather as much and it's not as easy to get on a stage, the only thing people have to go on before they hire you is a video. So I was doing videos all the time. Like for 30 days straight, I did Instagram lives until I could figure out what the hell Instagram was. Then I was doing lives like a couple of times a week. Then I, now I do a live every Monday at 11 Eastern standard time. I go live and this is a great opportunity to build content, but also to showcase my expertise and what I do. And it's always a video I can just shoot off to somebody and be like, Hey, here, I spoke about this topic last month. If you're interested, like, I'd love to talk to you about this. So that's how the speaking piece got, got introduced into my business. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and that definitely makes sense. I think there is a lot of really great advice there for someone who's looking to get into speaking, especially, you know, right now with everything being virtual, I think that's like you said, using social media, using videos is really the way to sort of get into that. And so I think that's really great, great advice. And like you said, when people go and they look, they look you up online, that's the first thing they're going to do. And so do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, someone who right now is maybe trying to build that personal brand? Cause I think there's, you know, a lot of different directions you want to go. How do you come across, um, you know, just a little bit about into sort of that space. So if you're starting out, I want to say like one, you're in a great place. You know, some people think they're behind. It's like, no, you can always reinvent yourself. You know, people, you are whoever you say you are. Like if yesterday you were, you know, working at a nine to five and today you are a health coach. And as long as you were talking about being a health coach for the next foreseeable future, that's what people, when they find you for the first time, that's what they're going to know you as. So one, you want to like own a lane. Don't be everything. Pick the audience you want, the type of audience you want to speak to and the thing you want to speak about, because that is one of the hugest pitfalls I see. I feel like being multifaceted, you know, multi-passionate is great, like as a, for an individual, but as a business owner, like it's killing your business. Pick a lane. It doesn't mean you aren't, you are not all of those things. I am still a business coach. You know, I do creative direction for brand photography, personal, I do all of these things. So when you get me, you're getting a lot of juice, but forward facing, front facing, I only talk about personal branding until you're so well known in that space, then you can maybe add on to your next thing. So the first advice I would say is pick the lane you want to own and own it. Pick it and own it and talk about subjects around that space so people start to come to you for that topic. Um, Then the other thing I would say is, you know, clean up your digital house. So that means like your online presence, what's out there on the internet that no longer aligns with the who you want to be seen as. So I love to say, like, I found this great quote that's like, you are whoever Google says you are. So what, when you Google your name, what comes up? If it's not what you want to be there, then it's time to create new content to replace it. That's the only way to get rid of the stuff on the first page of Google is to push it to later pages of Google. So you want to update all of your social media bios. You want to update those photos so they're not from like five years ago and nobody recognizes you anymore. Um, You want to tell people what you do and who you help very clear and explicitly on all of your platforms. One of the key mistakes I see people making is, you know, they say like, I'm a dog mom and a vegan baker and a business coach and, you know, an astrological healer. I don't even know, right? There's just so many things that people who come there, you want to remember your social media profile. If you're running a business, it's for other people to self-identify. They need to self-assess like, is this person for me for now or even for later? So, I mean, there's a million things I could go through around like cleaning up a digital house, but definitely like make sure that all of your profiles say who you help and what you do and how to contact you. People forget that last piece, call to action. What do you want me to do now that I found you? It's like, okay, I love you. I I, I want to work with you. Oh, there's no link at all to do anything. There's no email me, no DM me, no website, no anything. And you don't need to start with a website, but you do need to have an email address. For people to connect with you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, I think that's such an important, you know, key part that, like you said, a lot of the times it sometimes just gets missed. And I think another great point there too, I'd love to discuss is I know with, especially solo entrepreneurs, sometimes it's really hard to 
because the personal brand really is the business. And sometimes it can be hard to sort of differentiate those, you know, because the business really is sort of who you are. And so do you have any sort of advice along that for maybe, you know, because sometimes it can be, you know, you take everything to heart when it's about the business and sort of separating the two can definitely be tricky for a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah, I still haven't figured out how to separate my emotions from my business. (laughs) It's just when you're building something you really believe in, your emotions are going to be in it. It just is, right? And I would say embrace that, but also look at like anyone who ever makes a comment about something you're doing, you want to look at who's making the comment. Are they your target audience? Do they understand what you're doing? Does it even matter what they have to say? That's one. I always look at where the comments are coming from. And I'm like, don't ask anybody about business who is not in business, who is not, don't try and sell people things that you're like, they definitely don't need this thing. So don't even explain your business to people who are like, you're not my target audience. There's nothing to explain. And this could be your mom. This could be, you know, a cousin. There's always somebody in your family who's like, what's that thing you're doing? And you're, don't explain it to them. Don't try. You're just going to hurt yourself. Um, and then the other thing I would look at is write out your brand values from the beginning, like the what you stand for values, right? Because this will really keep you on the the right train track for you. So a lot of the times our personal values and our business values, they are intertwined, right? So what is it that you stand for? This will also help you create really great content, right? But it helps you really just target and narrow narrow your focus around what is it you talk about, what things may or may not impact you. And it makes it easier to come out here. It kind of erases a little bit of the fear because you're like, this is what I believe. This is what I stand for. This is what I talk about. And this is the only thing I stand for. And this is all the thing I talk about. Um, it'll make it a lot easier, but I don't know how to separate my emotions from my business at all. Um, I've been, I've become better at like putting certain things in certain boxes when people say certain things, but coming back to like the, what is it I believe in has me like recalibrate anytime somebody says something that I just don't agree with, or I don't think they're the right person for me. Um, that's the best advice I can give, but like hiding behind your business or hiding out is really going to cost you. It's just, I know some people are like, well, why can't I build a business and not be the face of the business? You can, but what I would advise is you need to create some kind of persona around that business then where you don't share your most private, intimate details of your life. Like people want to know you're a human being. So they do want to see some of the behind the scenes, but there's ways to do that that may not showcase your face, that may not showcase your family, um, and may don't showcase where you live, like for you know privacy reasons, like things like that. You have to think about those things, um, but you could really have fun with it and create a whole persona behind, like who's this person behind this business, um, and make a game of it. And instead of like being like really scared that people are gonna like see you and not like you or see you and know too much about you, like. My husband, for example, like he hates social media, media. He hates Instagram. He's like, he'll go on it to look for things, but he's like, don't take impromptu behind the scenes pictures of me and not tell me this is happening. Like he's not about that life at all. He's like, I don't want to, I don't want to put where we live on social media. He's like very like safety first, you know, and I respect Mm -hmm. that, but there's so much that Monique does share, but there's so much Monique doesn't share. So it does, people don't even realize what's not being shared. So I think you can, there's so much you can keep private, um, but really just look at like, how would you make a game of it? 
how could you make it fun versus make it scary? Mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I love that idea. And I think that, like you said too, I think you can really bring out the values that you have in the company without actually, you know, like you said, showing the face, if that's not something you're comfortable with. So I think that that's a great piece of advice. And, you know, like I said, that is a challenge for many entrepreneurs, but has there been sort of, you know, one big challenge or obstacle that you really had to overcome with your business you'd like to share? Mm, there's like an obstacle every day. I'm like, how do I narrow this down? Um, big, I mean, one, I, I mean, as entrepreneurs, like cash flow is king. That's a big piece, right? Like people underestimate um, how much money is going to be required to do the things you really want to do. So you can do things on a shoestring budget for sure. But if there's things you really want to invest in, you've got to have cash flow. So you, that means you need to be able to sell what you're doing, or you need to have a reserve or you need to have some lines of credit. So I would say one of the biggest challenges when I started was that because I wanted, I mean, I definitely, you know, do not recommend like building a website or doing all of those fun, fancy branding things um, in the beginning. Like that is not necessary by any means. Um, not wasting your money on that. That's one. So cash flow would be one of them. And then the other piece would be, I mean, patience is another. I just feel like when we come out the gate, and things are not working within the first three to six months, we're ready to like throw in the towel. We're just like, I'm done. People don't love me. People don't like my stuff. They don't come to my live. They don't read my emails. Um, So I'm a very, I would find myself, it's like your impatience is is a curse and a gift all at the same breath, like as an entrepreneur, because you want to move fast. So you move fast, you get innovative, you get creative, but at the same time, things take longer than you think, but not as long as you think. So that hurt me in the beginning. Just, I was impatient. I wanted to be speaking. I wanted to be going here. I invested a lot of money in a lot of places to make things move fast. But as you know, when you move so fast, you burn out even quicker, right? So I've Mm -hmm. learned over time and I was just having this mastermind brunch with um, a couple of my friends a few days ago. And we were like, okay, guys, we realize our biggest issue right now is patience. We need to take on patience again. You know, you need to look at like, whatever you're doing, give it time to see if it really works. Don't throw in the towel so quickly or not even throw in the towel because what you do is you change direction. You pivot, Mm -hmm. you add a new offer, you change your marketing strategy and you're changing, changing, changing. Then you're exhausted and you're like, this doesn't work. This isn't working. Or you take, you internalize it and you're like, I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing. Right? So giving space and breathing room to all the newness all the new activities, all the new stuff you're putting out there. Um, Because it's going to take six months to a year for people to really start recognizing you as the person you say you are. And it takes people time to decide if they trust you, right? Like, do they like you? Do they trust you? I have people who come on and buy six months, a year later and be like, I've been watching you. And I always say that's the catalyst in the business, right? I've been watching you. You never know who's watching. And I was like, well, you don't even follow me though on Instagram where Monique's jam. And they're like, oh no, I'm not, I don't really need to follow. I listen to your podcast. I watch your YouTube. And I was like, my YouTube? I didn't even know people were watching the YouTube. (laughs) So I always like to say like, you just never know who's watching, but when they're ready, you want to still be in business. So um, definitely patience, 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 patience. 
Yes. Well, and I, I definitely think, you know, that that is something a lot of entrepreneurs I'm sure can relate to just because I feel like, you know, they're so excited and just want to get everything out there at once. And so I think patience is definitely something everyone can, you know, really keep in mind. And on the other side of that, has there been sort of one really big successful moment or, you know, milestone that you've really accomplished that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, and this is something I think as entrepreneurs, we don't even look at as much. So when you had asked me this question, and I was like sitting here, and I was like, what have I accomplished? I was like, oh my gosh, there's been so many great, great moments. I would say like my first big accomplishment was making as much of my business as I was in my corporate job, right? Because that was something that I never thought was possible. I just was like, well, they're paying me all of this money to do these things. Like, how am I going to do that? How am I going to make over six figures as an entrepreneur? Like, this is like crazy, you know? So when I hit that first milestone, it was interesting because I hit it and hadn't realized I had hit it. I was just going and doing, and I sat one day, like at the end of the year, and I was like, holy shit, I did it. And it was so, sh- it was exciting, but it was also very short lived. Like, you know, you're like, oh, I did that thing. Oh, okay, great. Let's keep going. And then another great um, accomplishment was when I see my clients have the success that they said they wanted when we met. That is so huge for me. It's just, that is my validation that I'm doing something right, that I'm, that this is, this is all worth it. Me reaching my goals are one thing, but to have help someone else reach theirs is way more rewarding. You know, I was having a conversation with a client last week and she got this really huge opportunity, you know, and she was thanking me and she was like, oh my God, and I couldn't do this without you. And I just had to stop her because I was like, you know what? I coach a lot of people and if you didn't take the action, none of this would have happened. So you can thank me and I appreciate it, but I want you to acknowledge you for putting yourself at risk, right? Doing all the things I asked you to do, even though you were scared shitless most of the time, you wanted to fight me some other times, you didn't want to do it. You know, you took a lot of risks and it's the who you became in doing those risks that has me be like, oh my gosh, like I'm so excited, you know? So Mm -hmm. I would say like, those are my that's, those are my biggest ones. Whenever I see like a client hit a stage or get a new speaking opportunity, knowing where they started, you know, like with like, you know, selling their, their stuff for like pennies and, you know, not feeling they could do it or just like, just look at sometimes a hot mess express online and just like now being this powerhouse that other people turn to like the, that's huge for me. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely love hearing that. And I think that, you know, like you said, watching their journey from start to finish just must be, you know, so rewarding to watch and, you know, great to see them sort of succeeding as well. And, um, you know, with that too, you know, when people are first starting out, if there was sort of one piece of advice you'd give to someone who's maybe thinking of starting a business right now, what would that be? I would say get help before you need it. Get help before you need it. Um, a lot of pain can be avoided, bad business mistakes, financial root, all those things, a lot of that can be avoided if you get help before you need it. So I would say join a program or get a coach. Like there are so many people who've already done the thing that you want to be doing. You don't need to start from scratch. This does not, there is no like metal you're going to get from like doing it really hard, you know, like I did this by myself and it was, I was sleeping on the floor and I had no money for rent and like shit like that. No, no, unnecessary. 
get the roadmap, go and find a coach or a program that promises to deliver the thing you say that you want. And promise meaning you've actually seen people you either know or testimonials that you can actually reach out to people and be like, did that really work? Do you really love that coach? Are they who are who they like do your research, get the roadmap, and then follow the roadmap. Right? When people don't have anything to follow and you're just doing trial and error, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just you don't have to. Today you don't have to, right? Um, and I would also say don't join a lot of different programs. It's just like downloading a lot of freebies. You can do that for so long, but then it's like you've got all these freebies. How do they work together? Somebody's telling you to build a funnel. Someone's telling you to build a website. Someone's telling you to work on your personal brand. Someone's telling you to take photos. Like now you're you're pulled in all of these directions. And that is definitely, um, I see so many entrepreneurs do that. I've been there. I've done that myself. Like download all of the things. It's like, I've got it. I got all the, I don't need to hire anyone. I got all the juice. And then you get this conflicting, all this conflicting information and you don't even know where to start. So you actually just rather go watch Netflix than do any work today. So definitely get help before you need it. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a great piece of advice because it can be very overwhelming, you know, especially in the beginning and you're just starting out. And so, you know, really going to someone who's been there and can help you through that, I think is so important. listening to this, then you most likely enjoy podcasts and maybe you even have a business of your own. But have you ever thought of starting your own podcast? Through running made it happen. I truly found a passion for podcasting and I want to share what I've learned and help other entrepreneurs and businesses have their voice heard and elevate their brand through podcasts. Introducing Elevate Podcast Co. Elevate Podcast Co. supports launching and growing podcasts to connect businesses to their audience build authority, and amplify their business. Through podcast coaching, management, and launching, we will help you reach your podcast goals with a quality product at an affordable price. If you're interested in starting a podcast or just want to chat, feel free to reach out at elevatepodcastco.com or email us at elevatepodcastco at gmail.com. And I'd love to do just a quick sort of rapid fire questions. Um, so if you want to just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Woo, I love rapid fire. Okay, go. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Owning your own business means? Having choice. One word to describe your business. Super juicy. Someone you look up to. Rachel Rogers. A female owned business. Henry Business Law. A book I'd recommend. Oh my God, there's so many. <laughs> um, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. A lifesaver for my business. So this could be a specific platform. This could be a planner. could be anything. A lifesaver for my business would be my financial advisor. And a non-negotiable you have is? total autonomy over my day and my business. Awesome. I love it. So I know <laughs> I love doing those. So I know that, you know, you have a lot going on in your business right now, but would you like to share any future plans coming up, things we can watch out for? 
Absolutely. So we have two juicy things coming up. So we're going to be doing a challenge, a four day challenge in October for anyone who wants to come and like really um, clean up that digital house, clean up your brand, figure out who you are and build your brand identity. So that's coming out. Um, definitely. If you're following me or you're on my email list, you're going to hear about it. Um, and then the other thing we have happening is we are planning a really juicy uh, retreat in 2022. So we are going to be, um, tickets are going to go on sale in November for that. And we have a trip to Miami coming up where we're going to go do a site visit and go look at the space. And we're going to show all the behind the scenes. So I'm super excited about that because that is like my jam. I've wanted to do a retreat for a really long time. And oh my gosh, did I already say where it was going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Okay, it's coming out later. <laughs> I haven't told anyone yet. So now everybody knows that's where it's going to be. Anyways. Um, so yeah, that's what's coming out soon. Awesome. Well, I mean, that sounds amazing. I'm so excited to see all of those upcoming plans and where can people go to find you and find out about all those upcoming and watch out for that. Um, you can go to my website, you can go to www.moniquebryan.com, um, or come and follow me on Instagram. That's my jam. That's where I'm always at, um, at Monique Bryan underscore co, or come and come over to the podcast, the juicy CEO podcast, um, where I share all of the juice every single Wednesday. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Monique, for coming on and sharing your story and all of your great advice. I'm just so excited for everything that's to come up. So thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.